Welcome in again to Annie, Are You Okay? The weekly recap podcast for the Annie Jones Fantasy Football League. This is episode eight, recapping week eight. Uh, Let's jump into the scores. The biggest blowout of the week, um, the lowest score and the second highest score of the week faced off as Ryan beat Steve 143 to 93. Uh, Josh Allen continues to be a stud for Steve, but Steve is just running back cursed this season. And to be fair, when when the 101 overall Justin Jefferson went down with injury, that was a, a tough beat for Steve to overcome. And yeah, he had a couple good weeks there, but it's just it's going to be hard now that Kirk Cousins is injured uh, for Steve to bring it back around. But don't give up, Steve. You still got some talent on your team. If your running backs can just get it together and, and start scoring some touchdowns, I think you could still sneak into the playoffs. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan just continues his dominance. His team looks really, really good. Ryan had a great draft. I mean, if you look at his team, he really hasn't had to change a lot because he drafted really well. He hit on a lot of the the high upside players that he picked, and now he traded for Brees Hall. And so he's got Christian McCaffrey and Brees sitting there uh, as his top two running backs. And, and Ryan's team looks like uh, one, one of the two best in the league. So great job, Ryan. This could be your season. We're all counting on you to find a way to screw it up. Uh, but maybe you won't, and this could be your championship year, the one you've been waiting for for so long. David Haig beats Casey Haig, the Haig brothers facing off. And, you know, I think when we had Jamie on as our special guest and the the Haig fam was at the beach, uh, all three of the Haig bros were sitting near the top of the rankings. There were three Haigs that were performing, and now there's really just one, and that's David. Uh, Casey and Jamie have fallen off in a major way, although as we'll talk about in a minute, it was a good week for Jamie. But David beats Casey 107-98. to Casey, similar to Steve, is having some RB problems, and the running back uh, landscape is just difficult uh, this season. RBs in general have, have just struggled. And Casey, I think if Darren Waller hadn't pulled his hamstring early on and um, had scored his normal game's worth of points for you, you might have pulled off the victory here and maybe even cleared the median. So uh, tough news on the Waller injury for you there, Case, but good win for David. Rashad White all of a sudden is looking like a a pretty solid running back, especially when he's getting these half points per reception. He caught seven passes on Thursday and Tyreek just continues to do Tyreek things. David can win on any given week because Tyreek can explode for 40 points. So Uh, David's going to be a contender down the stretch here. Patrick pulls off the victory over Zan, 115 to 104. Zan, to his credit, uh, in his his defense, was the most efficient uh, manager of the week. He he scored basically the maximum total number of points that he could have scored with the roster that he has. And Zan has just been plagued by injuries and especially some tough quarterback outcomes. And now Kirk Cousins with that uh, ruptured Achilles, more Achilles problems, guys. The Achilles woes just continue this season. And Zan, I mean, Bijan is just getting trolled by Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is a troll and trolling is what he does. And Bijan just continues to get trolled by Arthur Smith. And I mean, why not if you if you draft uh, a running back in the top 10 picks, if you draft a tight end in the top 10 picks, if you draft a wide receiver in the top 10 picks, why not just neglect to use all of those guys? The good news for the Falcons is that Taylor Heineke is the quarterback now. And so maybe they're going to start uh, producing a little bit more offensively without Desmond Ritter screwing everything up. 
Zan, tough week for Puka, but he's going to be okay. Um, you know, you get you give you give Mike McCarthy two weeks to prepare for any game, uh, and he he's going to come out with a strong showing. Unfortunately, he normally only gets one week to prepare for games, and he stinks at coaching. But you know, you give him two weeks and one of the best defenses in the NFL, and it was a tough game for the Rams. Uh, Patrick, much needed win for you. Looks like Joe Burrow might be back. Knock on wood. We're hoping that Burrow is back. And Patrick now has Taysom Hill, who dropped 20 points randomly this week, and Trey McBride, guys. Patrick is is tight end rich, and so come to Patrick. Hey, Casey, maybe you need a tight end with Waller injured. Come, come to Patrick. He's got a tight end for you. Uh, Chuck. After guesting uh, on the podcast last week, he got that uh, podcast special guest bump and I got a much needed win and cleared the scoring median this week, beating Tracy 117 to 110 in what was the closest matchup of the week. Tracy, too early to say whether your Brees Hall trade was objectively a bad one because you got a good performance out of Gus Edwards this week. And so uh, Edwards and Madison together did outscore Brees plus probably another mediocre running back, but you had OBJ in your starting lineup. Tracy, you got to work the waiver wire, man. You got to get on the waiver wire and find some guys that you can start for a few points. And I think that your, your team can still uh, win a few games and maybe sneak into the playoffs, but I, I don't think OBJ is the answer. Dad, your grandson, Charlie, is proud of you, and your son, Trip, is proud of you too, Dad. So this is the beginning of the comeback. Next up, we have Austin Howe in the pod Don't Lie beating me, Koopa Cup AI Aberration. Uh, and guys, here's the scary thing. Austin's team scored 117 points this week, still got the victory, is sitting at 15-1 at the top of the rankings, and this is probably like the floor for Austin's team. Patrick Mahomes had the flu and only scored eight and a half points for Austin, uh, and Kelsey only scored eight and a half points. Austin's receivers look solid. Uh, his running backs look really, really good. I mean, Austin has a good team, probably the best team in the league, and the only hope really for us is that Patrick Mahomes gets the flu every week for the rest of the season. Maybe some of us can beat Austin, but it looks like it could be a Howe Brothers showdown coming down the stretch and into the championship uh, and meanwhile Tony Pollard I really I, I put a lot of my hopes in fantasy football across the different leagues that I'm in on Tony Pollard this year and that looks like it was a mistake I think I was the least efficient manager this week and if I'd gotten some of these high scores into my starting lineup I might have been able to give Austin a run for his money I, I intended to start Chris Godwin and then just wasn't paying attention left him on my bench and that one that one hurt me and then finally, the high score for the week, a, a much-needed bounce back with 160 points. Jamie pulling off the victory over Tyler and Saudi Fantasy Fun. Jamie made a great point. It's tough for both of these guys to have such high-scoring weeks when they were facing each other because they would have beaten just about anybody else in the league. And so tough loss for Tyler. But good week for Jamie. When Miami blows up, Jamie's going to blow up. And that's exactly what happened. Tua looking good, Waddle looking good. Finally, Devonta Smith returning to form, uh, and Tyler continuing to climb the ranks. He's five and eleven now. He's sneaking toward the playoffs. You know, Russell Wilson has been playing pretty well for him. Jonathan Taylor is finally back and getting meaningful carries. If they ever make Jonathan Taylor the true workhorse, I think Tyler could sneak into the playoffs. Hey, great work, guys! Keep fighting the good fight. Let's go now to our special guest of the week. Welcoming in now to the Annie Are You Okay studio, 
brought to you by Riverside Recording, our special guest of the week. Not actually the low score, one of the lower scores on Sunday, but I think rallied a little bit and finished middle of the pack by Monday. It's Zan Ennis, manager of C.D. Lambros of Milan. Zan, are you okay? I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, I'm glad that you finally had the courage to have me on the show to, to answer for your crimes um, uh-huh. after, after avoiding that for a couple weeks. I want to. I do want to give plenty of time to what those perceived crimes actually are. Um, <laughs> yeah, not actually. It didn't end up being a terrible game for you this week. Still lost to uh, Patrick in a pretty close match. How are you feeling about your team? Um, bleak, honestly, pretty bleak. Uh, <laughs> after after a couple of good weeks, I've had a pretty rough run of things and some pretty just disastrous managerial decisions. You know, I just had to use my waiver wire priority in week three to drop Devon A-Chain uh-huh. right before he became a supernova. So, you know, things are not going great. I have two quarterbacks, uh, both of whom are injured now. So that's that's not great for me. <laughs> the A-Chain thing, man, I can't. It's hard to fault you for the A-Chain thing. I mean, because I think that was like the week that Mostert scored. 40 something points and and a chain was basically unutilized and then he blew up after that and you did you also picked up puka which is probably i did pick up puka which is waiver ad of the i'm confident in puka he's going to be consistent for me but man the kirk cousins thing hurts yeah really hurts who's your other quarterback uh justin fields who you've had some thoughts about that's part of my uh my complaints against you frankly Uh uh-huh so honestly, I, I called you out a little bit in the, the chat and then you refused to have me on and, you know, face me like a man. But it was it was kind of timely to that that episode you recorded with Austin, because for the first like three weeks of the season, there were repeated shots at Justin Fields, you know, and his his uh-huh. ability as a quarterback, which, to be fair, not a great quarterback. I knew that going in. But my whole thing was like, you know, he was like the eighth best quarterback last year and he couldn't throw last year either. So. But the week three, you know, you call you kind of specifically were like, Zan, do not start Justin Fields ever again. He's trash. He's rubbish. His backup is going to take his job pretty soon, which he did. It's just because he got injured instead. And here. So I thought, you know, Tripp's called out Justin Fields a couple weeks. Tripp, my good, my good friend, my close buddy who's looking out for me, who wants to help me here. So I'll take his advice. And I'll make a move, I'll make a trade for a Kirk Cousins, who, you know, regardless of where he was drafted, he was like the number one scoring quarterback in the league at the time, multiple 30-point uh-huh. weeks. And then, so I'm like, great, I solved my quarterback problem, and the next week you came on and you were like, Zan, that's a bad trade, it's a terrible trade. I know, I, I, I get why you did it, but it's a terrible trade, and I'm just like, man... Some real um, backseat backseat quarterbacking here yeah. from the commish, and I don't appreciate it. You know what, man? Um, I was expecting to have you on here and to hear your complaints <laughs> and then to uh, quickly disregard your complaints. But as you have described the order of events there, <laughs> I want to say that I do feel pretty bad about that. <laughs> now, now that I think about it, um, yes. Now that I think about it, I, I flamed Justin Fields on, at his low point, and then he proceeded to score 35 points for each of the next yeah. two weeks. And then, and then I flamed you for trying to address the issue. So <laughs> I, 
actually, I want to formally apologize, which is not where <laughs> I expected this to, to go. <laughs> was trading DK Metcalf for Kirk Cousins maybe a, an overreach? Maybe, you know, but it's not like DK is lighting the world on fire either. So, right. Yeah. It's hard to figure out what's going on with him. And actually, I would say until this injury, and obviously you can't, you can't foresee a, an injury like this, it probably looked like that was a good trade for you. You didn't, you didn't actually give up too much to get a, to address an area of need. Well, and it was also, it was tough because I traded for Kirk Cousins and then immediately Justin Jefferson got injured. If there's an offense in the league that revolves around one guy, it's that one. So what are you going to do? Yeah, just been a series of unfortunate events for you. And I want to formally apologize for um, <laughs> for piling on. Yeah, uh, ho- I mean, hopefully Fields, I like Tyson Badgent. I like his personality and his story, but it doesn't look like he is necessarily the guy. So hopefully Fields gets back for you soon and you can make a, a scramble for the playoffs here. I'm are hoping. you interested in trading for another quarterback or... I, I think I'm done at this point. I'll 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 just hope Fields recovers from injury. And here's the thing: I don't have anything to trade for another quarterback. I've kind of uh, right. My roster is filled up with the entire Bears backfield. Just hoping one of them hits. I mean, I think if Puka has a has a normal week for him, and he does, I mean, he looks legit. He does. Yeah, if Puka has a normal week, then you probably beat the median and win the game. So you could still sneak into the playoffs, man. That's exactly what you did last year. That's true. Into the it's playoffs true. and. What else is going on, man? Tell us, tell us a little bit of um, a little bit of what's new in y'all's life recently. A, a big move for you? So. Yeah, yeah. We moved into a new house. Uh, we spent four months renovating it. Uh, basically, bought mm. a a fixer upper. Learned a lot of stuff. Learned a lot of like general house maintenance stuff. Switched out a lot of outlets, which is like the most annoying task. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, after spending so much time like working on this house, painting the house, doing all these, de- and I'm like, I've never in my entire life walked into a building, like someone else's house or whatever, and been like, you know, that line where the wall paint meets the ceiling paint isn't exactly straight. It's in, and I'm like, I, it's all I can see. But you know, we've, uh, we've finished up all of our renovations. We moved in back in August and settled in. We're actually we're having like a, a housewarming party this Saturday because we'd meant to do it after we moved in. We were just too tired for like two months. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so got a just got a grill delivered today. So I'm I'm officially Ooh. like a suburban homeowner. Got my grill, got the Fully fence backyard for the dog. Man. So yeah. I mean, and that's that's just something that is so funny about human nature that it's like you own a home, it's a great home. You just finished renovating it to make it even better. And you're like, that little crack up there, that that little dent on the, in the cabinet is the only thing that I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we moved in and they we had like a, uh, a neighborhood get together, like barbecue that they invited the neighborhood to. And uh, Sarah couldn't come that night. So it was just me. And I'm like, I found myself standing there in a circle with like seven or eight other just like neighborhood dads guys and they're all talking about their lawns and i'm like i i can't do this This (laughs) i'm not here yet i'm not here yet (laughs) you get there faster than you think man yeah yeah once once you start caring about the health of your grass yeah so housewarming this saturday everybody in the league is officially invited yeah yeah Yeah. you want to come (laughs) 
we won't we won't say your we won't say your address in the podcast <laughs> because we have so many listeners. But you can post it in the group chat if you want to. How does uh, Sarah feel about the new place? Is she loving it? Uh, she loves it. Yeah, her kind of office, our guest room office, is just the other room, and so she she does some like she's actually doing some virtual counseling right now, doing a virtual client in there. So mm-hmm. that's that's nice to, for her to have a little space for that because uh, we didn't have that in our last apartment. But yeah, she she loves it. We've, we're just we're like. We feel lucky that we found this place. It's like we were not intending yeah. to buy a house this year and God opened a lot of doors to make it a possibility. So I was going to I mean, one of the things I'm thankful for, especially about you, and I know you much better than I know Sarah, but I know her too. And I just appreciate the way that you guys have invested in like a community, in a group of friends, in a church, in a small group. And so, yeah, I mean, it is a blessing from the Lord for y'all to be in that house. And I feel like it's just a a gift from him and like an honor from him to say like, yeah, this is, this is a place where y'all belong and have invested so much and will continue to invest. And I also, while we're here, I feel like this is a good time to bring up my second beef I wanted to be <laughs> on the podcast for. You had your, your podcast with Austin. You were talking to Austin and you were like, I think all of us in the league now, all of us are fathers. And then you like paused for a second and you thought oh. and you were like, yeah, David has a kid now. And yeah, I think we're all fathers. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have to give my my voice to the the unheard <laughs> the childless white male. We're underappreciated in, in this world, you know, so you know, just <laughs> overlooked right. in so many ways. So in so many ways. <laughs> and yeah, people I think people understate how hard it is for the childless white man in his 30s with a with dual income. Yeah. Man, I, again, let me just issue another apology. I didn't think any of these criticisms, any of these complaints were going to hit home and hit my heart quite the way that they have. And, and I'm truly sorry for that. And I'm not I'm not just saying maybe it's because we've we've spent a good bit of our time working in various like youth ministry right. related contexts, if not like a pure paternal vibe, very much like an older brother and sort of spiritual father vibe. So that's probably why in, in my head, right. Zan's I got a lot a of spiritual, spiritual children. <laughs> well, yes. So so on that note, I mean, tell us, tell, tell, the, tell the league, what are you doing for work now? How are you feeling about your job? Where are you on the uh, vocation bin diagram? So I work for a property management company. Um, we do like residential rentals. And it's something that I just like kind of stumbled into. I left vocational ministry shortly after Sarah and I got married. Just felt like I needed to step away from it for my own kind of reasons. Um, not sure where, where God was calling me to. And also just like I was getting married and I couldn't be a part-time youth director anymore. <laughs> Which is like, it was something that I needed to do, but also it was like terrifying. It's like, this is all that I know. It's kind of funny. I remember back in seminary, I was, I had like a small group with some guys and we were going through like a Paul, Paul Tripp book about kind of the, the dangers of ministry. And one of the meetings we had, one of the guys just asked the question. He was like, what would you do if God said, you can't do this? Like, this is not your calling. Like, you can't do ministry. Mm. And it was like... I don't even know how to process that question because like this has been my whole like life and goal for the last, you know, five, six years. Right. And now I'm a few years later and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the place where I'm at. And I (laughs) have to figure out how to do something. Like I don't know what other skills I have. And so God's really provided. I just kind of was looking for a job and my mom like found this Craigslist posting for this company and they were looking for somebody to help in the office and I got in there like the second day they were like the last person who 
we had to do this job was like an old woman who couldn't really use a computer and didn't understand like how to do anything. <laughs> and so like why already can teach you like more stuff than she was doing and like we're going to give you a raise already. And so it's this small family company. There's five employees of the company, two of whom are like doing maintenance work on the houses and the other three of us kind of basically run the company. Been there for five years and it started as a part-time thing that quickly became a full-time thing and has been really good for me because I feel like they really value me and appreciate me and that I've been able to bring a lot of value to the company and like I'm the organized one which I never again I never thought that that would be my role in a (laughs) a place but I'm the the organized one who kind of keeps us on track and this year they gave me like a small ownership stake in the company which is really cool so oh great man that's awesome Scott's really provided in a lot of ways there I don't know if it's like my forever profession but it's it's been awesome for us in this stage of life the admin lift that is required to lead even a small youth ministry (laughs) is probably underappreciated because it's essentially like herding cats and then herding the weird overprotective parents of those cats as well and so yeah you probably develop some organizational skills there that, that translate pretty well. And um, yeah, well, man, I love to hear that. I didn't, I, um, you hadn't shared the thing about uh, the small ownership role there. So that's, that's awesome too, brother. Yeah. Now all all that being said, and I'm glad that you're finding uh, some enjoyment and some success in your current job. I I heard that you did recently preach at a church. Yeah. So you haven't hung up the, uh, haven't hung up the old preaching cleats the old clergy robe entirely, I guess. You still dust it off every once in a while. What was, what was, the, what was the deal there? So it was a, just a local church. I didn't really have any connection other than that like there are a couple ex-peace people and a couple ex-ambassador folks who go there who had apparently mentioned to the pastor, you should have this guy come preach. Small church, he's the only pastor there, so he doesn't get a lot of breaks. And so he actually, he was taking his, his youth group to Willow Run for that fall retreat. Um, that Sunday, oh, nice. And he was like, "Yeah, man, I like I'm going to be back for the service, but I would rather not preach that same Sunday if I don't have to." And I was like, "Yeah, I think I can, I think I can pull out a a sermon and dust it off." And every this is the first time in a couple of years that I've gotten a gotten a chance to do that. But what, what yeah, what sort of emotions to, or or just uh, feelings does that did that elicit in you when you got up there and did that again? I always tell people like I believe in the holy spirit more when i preach than at any other time because mm. i feel like there is something different like I, I i get up there and i've never i feel like i i'm not that way like the way that i am when i preach in any other circumstance like and it is something that you know i prepare but it god does something to me in preaching mm. that i can't quite explain every time when it's been like a decent amount of time between the last time i preached i'm like is it gonna work this time <laughs> like i'll i'll do the you know, the prep and i'll look over the sermon and i'll you know try and make but like you know it's been a couple of years am i gonna be able to do this and i think god is like god is faithful to the like blessing the preaching of his word that's really kind of like all i can attribute it to <laughs> like i think god's yeah. given me some like natural preaching gifts and i i try to like take it seriously and really study and and prepare but also like it's the holy spirit and really i can't attribute it to anything else well said 
Yeah, well, I just I was excited when I heard that. So I mean, I, I just know throughout really throughout, in some ways, my entire life, I've benefited from you saying the courageous and truthful and spirit empowered things about Jesus and the life of following Jesus that need to be said. And I loved it when you were in formal vocational ministry and, and preaching and teaching regularly. I feel like I always got something from what you said and, and loved to see you do that. Uh, and I'm excited that you you feel like you're flourishing in your current position. And I just know the church has benefited, is going to continue to benefit from your servant heartedness, your wisdom. I mean, I really, I find you to be a, a unique combination of uh, wisdom and, and winsomeness, a guy that I look forward to being around and also learn a lot from whenever I'm with you. So man, I feel thankful you got to do that. And I just feel thankful that you and Sarah are at peace and serving peace and, and loving others well and pointing them to Jesus. So I love to hear you preach and teach when you get to do that. And I love that you're liking your current job. And Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's been a bit of a like reorienting my perspective to be like, I, you know, I think there's a decent chance that at some point God does call me back to vocational ministry, mm-hmm. but also to be like, there's a lot of ways that I can do ministry and use these gifts and this degree that I got in this education while I'm working the job that I have. I sometimes tell people who ask like, I know that I have to get to the point where I can't not do it, right? I, I like, I can't not go back because if I go back and I'm not, I don't feel called back, then I'm not going to stick. It's too hard. Like, I know that it's right. too hard to be anything but a calling. I mean, selfishly, I hope that you end up back in that context <laughs> just because I feel like I love seeing you there. But also, I'm, I'm hesitant to talk to anyone about their call to or away from ministry. So, man, well, that's awesome. Departing from that topic a little bit, I feel like secondarily, one of the ways that I have benefited from my relationship with you throughout our lives is that that I you always introduce me to what end up being some of the most interesting and some of my favorite sort of entertainment IPs. So the, the two examples that come to mind for me are you are the one who told me about the podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, and you're the one who told me about Hamilton the musical. So I'm, I'm sure that those are not the only two, but those are the two that I remember. What are you like watching or listening to or reading or loving right now? Is this the point where I should be like, just, just the rise of Skywalker. And let's talk about that trip. <laughs> um, I guess I should say, because I think I've told you this before, because I respect your opinion so much on these things. When, when we uh, diverge significantly on a certain a, a movie or whatever. Um, it, it really revs my engine in like a major <laughs> way. So no, this is not this is not the place to uh, the, the podcast <laughs> would be two hours long if we debated I know. The, I know. the rise of Skywalker. You also told me about the bear. I think. Oh yeah, the bear season two came out this year and it was phenomenal. Absolutely uh-huh. incredible. Yeah, if those those listening have not seen the bear, it's one of my absolute favorite things. A real like character-driven story about people who are broken and finding a family and a purpose together. It's really amazing. Uh, what I loved about season two was how well Carmi, Carmi is able to love everyone else around him and he's incapable of like loving himself, which mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a fascinating sort of dynamic of season two. And man, the uh, what is it, is it? Forks or fishes? Forks. That's the one that's the Christmas. Oh, that's fishes. Yeah, yeah. It's fishes that was the the Christmas dinner. That's one of the most captivating episodes of a TV show. I mean, uh, Brentley was getting like PTSD while we watched it. But oh yeah, I, mean, I just thought it was incredible. I couldn't I couldn't look away. We could go on for like two hours about the bear, but there's a moment. You know, season two is like it's all about Richie. 
and his redemption arc and there's a moment where he comes back and he like wants to apologize to people and they're like i don't trust your apology essentially and it's like such a true moment of like how hard it is sometimes for people to change because it's like they for good reason don't want to accept his change immediately and i just thought that was incredibly powerful like what a moment to be in this like piece of tv entertainment and the what the episode that ends with him singing taylor swift in the car um oh yeah 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 he, he's yeah he's he's such a great actor but um so i'll give you i'll give you two things that i'll i'll throw out a recommendation for one is there's a podcast called the blank check podcast and it is all about it's a film podcast they talk about movies they go through the careers of directors um, and the whole idea is like these directors who have a hit early in the, their career that gives them a blank check to make you know whatever they want. And so they they cover the right. whole filmography of directors. Um, and it's these two guys, David and Griffin. David's like a a movie critic for The Atlantic, I think, and Griffin is an actor. And they really like go super in depth on these directors' careers and the filmmaking and everything. They have great guests on. Um, and they're just like hilarious guys. So that's my like number one podcast. Uh, they're doing the films of David Fincher right now. Um, and Sarah and I have been watching the movies along with them. It's really good. And then. All right. Number two. Yeah. So for TV shows, there's a show called. Oh, why am I blanking now? Oh, yeah. Slow Horses. Slow oh, Horses. Love Slow Horses. It's on Apple TV. It's basically like what if you made a John le Carre novel, but the spies are like total incompetence (laughs) it's it's about (laughs) um it's about this group of uh like spies and agents who are all the cast-offs of like british mi6 Uh agency um and their leader is played by gary oldman he's just this like absolutely foul dude who hates everything but is actually like a really good spy and so he's like it's like he hates the people that he works with but he's also like but they're my people and i'm gonna stand up for them it's hilarious yeah. and thrilling and like it's a great spy show and it's also a great spoof of spy shows it's it's awesome <laughs> they've, they've made two seasons and there's a third one coming out in december the pep talk that gary Oldman <laughs> gives the team when they're like standing in the cemetery i can't remember if that's season one or two yeah. when you're expecting like oh this is the moment in the show when he's gonna when he's gonna show that he actually like loves them and cares about them and then what he no. what he says it, it's just so good man i love that show <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard of have you heard of the three body problem that's coming on netflix in january you told me about the book um which i haven't gotten uh-huh. a chance to to look into yet but I hadn't heard that there was a series coming. Well, I am on the third of three books, and these books are so long, and they will go down these rabbit trails of pretty high science sci-fi. Uh, to be fair, there were points where I almost gave up in this trilogy of books, and I stuck it out, and I'm so glad that I did because they are really good. And man, I hope the TV show does, does it justice. Based on the trailer, it looks like it's going to be high budget and pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, gosh, I, I hope the show aspires to kind of the heights that the books the even when the book misses yeah it, it aims high heady sci-fi is tough to translate to a like a tv show or a movie like apple did a a show on the the isaac asimov series foundation which is like one of my favorite book series and it is bad it's like it's got tons of budget it's really pretty to look out it's not watchable <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I read some of those books and, and watched the show and it just doesn't quite work. And yeah. if you like foundation, I think you'll like these books, but yeah, it's going to be a similar challenge, man. I could talk about this stuff with you all day. Yeah. Bringing it back around full circle to your fantasy team. Other than me, anybody you want to talk uh, smack to you? Any any trades that you're looking to make? What I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think needs to happen? You- I mean, here's the thing: I'm not really in a position to talk smack. Really, I don't really have a whole lot to trade. I'm just, I just feel like I have to commiserate. Like, I mean, good for them, but the house are on top of the league right now, <laughs> and there's no one who's more miserable to be on top of the league than like when Ryan has a good team. He's just, you know, he's a trash talker. He's gonna uh-huh. let you know it. I just, uh-huh. I, for for all of our sakes, I hope that there's a, just a comeuppance at some point this season. But they're they're looking so strong, so I don't know. You know, to to be fair to Ryan, he has reformed his ways a little bit because he, um, <laughs> the last thing we really heard from him was when he sent the uh, the group text, "I give up" in like week two, <laughs> and then he's kind of kept his head down since then, and he's slowly been climbing. I mean, yeah, it looks like it's going to be him and Austin there at the end, which will be. If those two face each other in the championship, that will be uh, an epic showdown. It will. It would be just like Ryan to wait until the first season that we have a podcast and he can really, uh, really talk some smack and, and chirp <laughs> if he if he succeeds. I gotta say, you work you worked so hard to keep Brees Hall from being dropped <laughs> or traded. You, every week, every week, it was like, don't do it. Don't whatever trade that Ryan's gonna send you, don't take it. The second that Tracy dropped him, the, the countdown was on. And I think that was the weekend that Kylie got married. So I just knew that they were going to be talking about it. And man, um, God, yeah, I don't know what else I could have done. But no. at some point, I just got to, you know, I got to let I just got to let the Howe family be the Howe family. You know, that's so. right. That's right. Well, man, thanks for taking the time. I love you, man. I'm glad you're in my life. I'm glad you're in this league. Thankful for for the good news that you guys have gotten recently, just house wise and job wise yeah, and and uh, yeah, we'll see you at the housewarming on Saturday. <laughs> thanks for thanks for finally having me on to air out our grievances. I feel like we can move forward afresh now. You know. Yeah. Thanks. I, I hope that you'll forgive me. This just shows my lack of self awareness <laughs> and just maybe how arrogant and vain I am that I couldn't imagine a scenario of you coming on and explaining to me what you were upset about at where where it would have ended with me being like you're right, but um, <laughs> but but you're you're right on both fronts, and I I'm truly sorry. <laughs> Well, good to talk to you, dude. I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Later, man. Oh, I forgot. I meant to say this on the podcast, but happy birthday, man. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thanks. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it such that it, that it sounds like you remembered.